You have found the Lions College Football Podcast for week number 12. We are going to look at Wednesday game. We're going to look at a Thursday game. We're going to look at a Friday game. And we have several Saturday games to break down from a betting perspective. My name is Steven Andres, managing editor at thelines.com. Joined each and every week on this show by Brett Gibbons at Road to CFB on Twitter. He is the crazy traveling college football super fan. He is handicapping games all over this great land, and he is joining me here once again. Brett, our Lions College football writer, how are you, my friend? I'm terrific. I just got back from my first ever game at Iowa. It was about 20 degrees in the wind chill, snowing. It was against Wisconsin. Uh, Just terrific. It, It was a terrific experience all the way around. Well, we're not talking about this particular game on this show because you don't have a betting angle, but I'm joining you on the road this weekend. I am heading out to where my career started at Oregon for the huge Utah at Oregon Pac-12 game at Autzen Stadium. So you can follow me on Twitter at Steven Andres one. I don't have more than 100 college football stadiums I visited, and I'm going back to the place where they never lost when I was there covering games in the first couple of years of Chip Kelly's career. So just remember that ducks fans when i'm in the stadium the ducks don't lose so here we go it's going to be a fun one but let's get into these college football games for week number 12 and we're going to begin on wednesday night cbs sports network has this one a primetime matchup at 7 p.m miami ohio at northern illinois northern illinois a one and a half point home favorite over under of 46 some more midweek action after a crazy tuesday yeah, I'm still elated from that. Uh, obviously, Bowling Green grad, so that was a very exciting game for me to watch. Um, I lost a few years off my life, but that's okay. That That's that's perfectly <laughs> okay. It was worth it. Uh, let's take a look at these teams, though. My aggregate power ratings like Northern Illinois by 2.72.5 uh, here at home. Again, when it comes to Maction, I don't give them as big a home field bump. These teams are pretty close together, uh, so you don't really have like the f- cross-country flying uh, and the the atmospheres in them are uh, non-existent normally. So I don't know if I'm giving them as big. <laughs> you're, a looking home for field such a, you're looking for like a, a polite word to use and you just couldn't find it. It's but okay. I love, you're, but I love Maction. I, I, I absolutely love Maction. Uh, yeah. So the biggest question here is Miami, Ohio's quarterback, Brock Gabbert. Is he playing? I don't know. He got hurt against Ohio last week on like the last play of the game. Uh, Injury reporting in college football is a very difficult thing to get reliable sourcing on, but especially in the Mac. Uh, Just for example, Daquan Finn, Toledo star quarterback, didn't play yesterday. I didn't know he was hurt. You probably didn't know he was hurt until the broadcast said that he's not playing and he was in street clothes. So uh, that's great. Uh, I scoured Twitter for it, scoured the Internet, couldn't find a word on whether or not Gabbard's playing. So please be careful. On the other side, NIU, they might have a new quarterback. I was at the Western Michigan uh, NIU game last week, and they brought out a player who uh, looked familiar, had a familiar name. His name's Justin Lynch. He's the younger brother of uh, former NIU Heisman finalist Jordan Lynch. Looks just like him, wears the same number. He's an excellent runner, just like his brother. He actually won the game for the Huskies uh, against uh, Western Michigan. So, Will they use him situationally moving forward? Is he going to be the full-time starter? Uh, I believe he is a sophomore when I checked. Um, but a, a good gutty player. I don't know if Miami has a counter for a quarterback uh, that can run like him. Uh, great player, though. Great game. We'll, we'll see. So 
there's a lot in flux in this game, which means I'm absolutely not betting sides, especially not pregame. Uh, maybe live opportunities if you if you tune in and, and Gabbert's uh, you know suited up and playing, or if Justin Lynch is in and playing well. I'm probably looking to bet this one live if at all. Again, you just can't roll the dice with whether or not their star quarterback is going to play. I rolled the dice because I didn't know that Daquan Finn wasn't playing for Toledo and that didn't work out whatsoever. So these quarterbacks make or break these teams. Make sure you are, you're keeping up on Twitter. If for whatever reason there's news about it beforehand, go ahead and fire uh pregame, but otherwise I'm just looking for live opportunities in this game. Let's go down to the Bayou for a Thursday night matchup. 7.30 p.m. kickoff on ESPN between SMU and Tulane. Tulane, a three-point home favorite, over-under of 65. If you don't want to watch the Titans and the Packers on Thursday night football or you don't feel like paying for Amazon Prime, you got this fantastic college football game to watch over on ESPN. What stood out to you about this one over in the American slash AAC? But by the way, like when they first went to away from the old Big East and became the American. I was at their first football media day and they were like, no, we don't want to be called the AAC. We want to be called the American. And I looked at him. I was like, good luck with that. Everybody's going to call you the AAC. And here we are years later. That's all anybody calls them. They're the AAC. So here yeah. we go. Big game in this conference. Well, what I'm looking for first is the fact that this over-under is likely going to double up Thursday night football's over-under, uh, even at just 65, because Packers and Titans offense is tough to watch. Uh, Tulane, they're still alive for the American championship game, as they prefer to be called. <laughs> but this is this is a race that's probably going to come down to week 13 because Tulane and Cincinnati are all of a sudden playing this huge blockbuster game that I'm really excited to watch. But Tulane's got to take care of business first. They're favored by a field goal at home. I kind of like that. And here's why. SMU, not many teams are worse against the run than they are. They're 124th in rush EPA and 118th in yards per rush allowed. Tulane, pretty good rushing team. They're top 40 about in yards per game mark there. Uh, they have a few guys that can run the ball pretty well. My question is whether or not Tulane can slow down SMU's offense. The three games in a row that they've scored 40 or more points, including that silly 77-point outing against Houston, that's an outlier. I'm not really handicapping that in there. Uh, it's not going to happen again, especially not against Tulane's defense, which is solid. But again, I don't know if they're going to be able to slow down SMU to the point where they can comfortably win in like a you know 27-10, something along those lines. Again, I... Uh, They've only allowed 30 points twice this year, uh, including their last week loss to UCF. This shouldn't be, shouldn't be, but I do have to note the fact that this could be a look ahead spot to Cincinnati next week, especially since it's on a Thursday night. They're going to have a longer week to prepare for the Bearcats who are now inside the top 25. Uh, this is going to be a top 25 matchup next week, assuming both teams take care of business. I, I don't think they're going to, but you know, there is that potential that that Tulane is looking ahead and maybe has a little bit of a letdown, uh, but the aggregate power ratings like Tulane by about 4.1 at home. Since that crosses over the three mark, you can wait up until kickoff to see if this moves off three to maybe two and a half. I don't know if that's necessarily going to be the case, but there's no harm in rolling the dice and waiting. I would bet this at Tulane minus three would not bet it on the other side of three at three and a half. But if you can get two and a half, I am excited about that and I will bet it. So we are starting to see a bit of movement towards three and a half here as we record on Wednesday morning. There's mostly three still on the board, but a lot of those have moved to minus 115 on the price over at DraftKings. We are at minus three and a half, but cheaper at minus 105. So it's edging towards the three and a half here. So to your point, 
Uh, it might be an opportunity to just wait and see if you can get something early in the game live on Tulane if that two and a half pops up. Yeah, or if some late action comes in on SMU for one reason or another, make make sure it's not in you know response to like a surprise Michael Pratt injury or something like that. I don't feel that all that excited about paying one fifteen for three, so I'd probably lay off. And yeah, like you said, look for something closer to kickoff or maybe really early in the game. Twenty seven consecutive days of football rolls on on Friday night, not on the high school Friday night lights, but we have a college football game at 945 p.m. Eastern time on FS1 and it's San Diego State at New Mexico and the Aztecs future Pac-12 member. (laughs) <laughs> are they still going to call the Pac-12? Like, I understand calling the Big Ten the Big Ten if you have more than 10 teams still because it's a branding thing. But I don't know if you can get away with still calling it the Pac-12 if they don't have 12 teams anymore. So we'll see if they actually pull that off and get to 12. But anyway, I digress. San Diego State is a 14 and a half point road favorite at New Mexico over under of just 39 and a half. And you tell us why you circled this game on Friday night while I figure out how low New Mexico's team total <laughs> is being 14 and a half point dogs with a total of just 39 and a half. Yeah, that's that's 12 and a half implied team points for New Mexico. Uh, and for good reason, they they are the worst offense in the country. It's not particularly close. Uh, I circled this game because it was the better maybe of the two games on the slate. We also have USF at Tulsa. I'm not really excited about that one. Uh, I may be tuning in to high school football playoffs uh, this night because (laughs) my goodness, there's probably not going to be a lot of points to be had. But like I said, New Mexico, they are the worst offense and it is not close. Not UMass, not uh, Akron, not Bowling Green. No, 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 no. It's New Mexico. Uh, but their defense is actually quite good. They're 97. Well, I put good in quotes here. 97th in defensive SP plus 64th in defensive points per drive allowed. Uh, third, by the way, in, in opposing pass EPA. So they're they're really solid, especially on the back end here. Uh, again, like we said, that team total <laughs> 12 and a half points. It's fine. It's it's fine. Uh, it's because San it's Diego fine. State. You sound like the, the dog in the meme surrounded by fire <laughs> sipping coffee. It's fine. Well, if I were a New Mexico fan, I would be that dog surrounded by the fire. Uh, <laughs> San Diego State has a pretty good defense, uh, but their offense is actually something that's like notable. They just dropped 43 on San Jose State, who has a very good defense. Sorry about that. I thought San Jose State was going to win that football game. We talked about it last week. Uh, all of a sudden, the Aztecs are just this like lights out efficient passing offense. Uh, I think they're going to be able to carry that into this game, despite New Mexico having such a strong metrically pass defense. I don't know, though, if they have the talent and the dudes to keep up with San Diego State. Like you said, San Diego State is a fringe Pac-12 team. And I know there's a lot of politics that go into that. It's mostly that the Pac-12 doesn't want to lose Southern California when USC and UCLA leave. But they're not going to pick like just a terrible organization or terrible athletics department to bring in there. Uh, San Diego state's seen some success. They have a receiver, Jesse Matthews, who wears number 45, but he's just a dog. He, he beats everybody. Uh, I saw him live in the Frisco bowl. He had like 17 reception, not actually, but he had a million receptions, a million yards. Good, good player that I think will be able to take advantage of New Mexico here. Uh, these are two extremely inefficient offenses. So if you want to take like under 39 and a half, just for fun, go ahead. I don't love the over two touchdown mark for San Diego State. If it was 13 and a half, I'd probably be a little bit more inclined to go that way. Uh, again, I could see San Diego State just just crockpotting them, like a 31-3, 31-6 type finish. So I don't mind if this does come down below 14. I don't think that's going to happen. 
If it does hit 14 exactly, I might wait again for another live opportunity in this one to see how it goes, to see if that San Diego State passing attack is going to be able to move the ball like we saw them be able to do last week. If they can, I'm all over San Diego State live. Let's move on to the Saturday slate of games in college football. And obviously, we have playoff ramifications all over the place here. We're going to begin at noon, Fox's big noon kickoff in the Big 12. TCU continuing their undefeated run with a big upset at Texas a week ago. And the Horn Frogs now head to Baylor. TCU a minus two and a half point favorite over under of 58 in this game. And their odds to make the college football playoff have sunk at DraftKings from plus 700 down to plus 230 now. I'll get into that angle in just a minute, but let's just start with the the game itself here, Brett, with TCU trying to hang in there and pull off this undefeated regular season and get to the Big 12 title game unscathed. Why are we still doing this with TCU? Under a field goal? Yeah, it's... Really? Seven-point dog at Texas last week wins outright. What are we doing? Take TCU. There really is no respect on this team, it seems. I don't I don't understand. Like they're first of all, they're eight one and one against the spread this year. Yeah. When are we gonna adjust? Maybe this team's really good. I don't think Baylor's all that good. If you look at their uh, wins this year, it's over Iowa State, bottom of the barrel, big twelve, Texas State, who cares? Kansas without Jaden Daniels. Texas Tech, prone to being blown up. Oh, the worst Oklahoma team we've seen in maybe 65 years. Mm. They're 0-3 in ranked games. I don't care that they're at home. I know situationally this is terrible for TCU. Should, would be in a vacuum. Terrible for TCU. They're coming off the big win at Texas. They're in the college football playoff hunt. They have the Big 12 title spot locked up already. It's an 11 a.m. local kickoff. TCU literally just did the same exact thing to Baylor last year. But that's why I think that they're not going to get got because <laughs> they know, hey, guys, did you see all the players in TCU's locker room are exactly the same as they were last year? They're not going to be surprised by this Baylor team. This is a huge rivalry. These teams hate each other. The fan bases are nasty to each other. They're going to show up for this game and they're going to kick the crap out of Baylor. Two and a half. Really? Good God. I, okay. I, I think TCU's running back, outstanding running back, Kendra Miller. I think he's going to play a bigger part in this game than many people expect. We talk about their explosive passing offense. We talk about Max Duggan and Quinton Johnston. Uh, but Baylor is a bottom third team against the rush in their last three games. Uh, 4.6 yards per attempt allowed. That's not very good. And Kendra Miller has just been on one lately. He carved up Texas's defense. That was playing very well. So I like him in this game to play a big part. Uh, TCU still has something to play for. They locked up their big 12 championship spot, but they were left out of the 2014 college football playoff and talking to the people that are huge TCU fans. I, I work, I work with some of them. They are still extremely bitter about that in the, it's still fresh in the team's mind. They, you said it disrespect. That is the word plastered across their whiteboards or chalkboards in teams, in players, in fans' minds right now, because that is what's happening in TCU. They're disrespected in the market, and I'm going to continue taking advantage of this. I'm going to continue paying for steak dinners on Sunday because they cannot price TCU correctly. TCU minus two and a half. Favorite bet on the board this week? Favorite bet on the board this week, just like it was last week with TCU plus seven. 
I mean, this team is way too focused under Sonny Dykes. They're way too well coached. They don't beat themselves. They don't turn the ball over. They don't commit penalties. Baylor just got beat 31-3 by Kansas State. And we're going to say, oh, well, maybe under a field goal for TCU. No, TCU minus two and a half. I love it. I love it. That's the most conviction I've heard from you on a game this entire season. I can't wait to watch this game now. I'm in, man. I'm in. If I if I wasn't in before, I'm, I'm in now. That's for sure. Uh, I mentioned the, the college odds to make the college football playoff. I just want to go over that angle again in case you missed it last week. A week ago, we told you that if you want to bet TCU to make the playoff, Brett and I are in agreement that they have to go undefeated to get there. So... To bet them last week at plus 700 didn't make sense because you could just bet them on the money line each of their next four games and get better than that, close to 11 to 1, maybe more, uh, to make it as it turns out now with the closing line we got on Texas. It's not as much of a bigger potential payout anymore, but even if you take the minus 140 on the money line this week, what's probably going to be like something like minus 400 against Iowa State next week, something like that. And then probably, you know, I would guess close to a pick them, maybe slight favorite like this one in the Big 12 title game uh, on a neutral field, then you're still probably going to get um, closer to three to one than you are this plus 230 price on TCU. So again, just don't automatically take the price on a futures if a rolling parlay, rolling over your winnings in your stake each week to get the same outcome is going to pay you out more. Just continue to look for ways to maximize your potential payout if there's a futures option that you think uh, is short of what the actual real life payout's going to be if you do a rolling parlay instead. Yeah, I, and to just expound on that, right now Kansas State is in the driver's seat to be the team that plays TCU in the Big 12 championship game. Now, you say it's on a neutral field. This isn't going to be a neutral field. Fort Worth is only about 25 minutes away from Arlington. These players are going to be sleeping in their own beds. Yeah. They're they're going to have a huge showing because it's only the second time TCU's ever gotten to the Big 12 championship, and I know I know Kansas State hasn't been there, but if you if you priced it as a TCU home game, which I know is a little bit flawed, but I'll go over both options here. If you price it as a TCU home game, I could see them being favored by about a field goal, uh, and because it's not a true home game, but it's close, I would probably line that about two and a half in favor yeah. of TCU. And again, under a field goal, and I know the circumstances around Kansas State. I, I watched the game. I saw how it went. But I, I'd, I'd probably lay that too. But to your point... Under a field goal, you're probably looking at minus 140, maybe, on money yeah, line. Yeah, that's the same as what ballpark. they are on the money line this week. Yeah. yeah. So, so plug yeah. those two numbers into a parlay calculator. You plug, like, minus 400 in for this Iowa State game next week, and, and it's not hard to get more than this plus 230 that's being offered on TCU to make the playoffs. So um, that number has to factor in some probability that they get in with one loss, but you know, we're in agreement that they're not getting in with one loss. So it's irrelevant. I agree. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I, I love that you included this next game on the slate because I have had friends that have been in these markets in their first jobs at local TV stations covering this game. And they swear by how passionate this game is, how awesome this game is. Montana at Montana state. Yes. 2 PM. But you got to go to ESPN Plus to find it. That's okay. Doesn't matter what channel it's on. Doesn't take away how big this is. Over under a 56 and a half. And am I seeing correctly game days going here? Yes, they are. It's hey. terrific. They, they finally picked up on it. This is called the Brawl of the Wild. And it is legitimately one of the great what college football 
uh, rivalries. If you go back to last, I mean, they always play this in November. And when you're talking about Bozeman, Montana or Missoula, Montana in late November, it's cold. There's snow. So if you go back to last year and you check out the photos that people took from this game or uh, yeah, they play last year. Yes. Uh, if you find photos from this game, there are no seats left. There are no, there's no standing room. There's no sitting room. The sidelines are packed. This game sells out every single year. And this year is going to be no different, especially with game day going there. I should have looked this up. I'm pretty sure this is the first time game day has been to Montana state. Um, Beautiful part of country. I was able to visit it last summer and their state beautiful, beautiful part of the country. My friends who have worked there, like they'll obviously it's very cold in the winter and it's cold for a long time, but they swear by the summers as the best of any place they've ever been. Anybody that they know that's been all over, like Nick Faldo, the Hall of Fame golfer, has a ranch up there. They're constantly mm-hmm. saying he's retiring up to Montana. Like everybody swears by the summers up in Big Sky Country. Yeah, Montana is just beautiful. The Gallatin Mountains sit right in between the campuses of Montana, Montana State, and that is some of the prettiest drive in the entire United States. I swear by it as well. Uh, this game is a really big deal, and these teams are very good. The The high in Bozeman is going to be about 28 a low of about nine, but they're going to be playing closer to that 28, 25 number. doesn't matter. It's, it's going to be sold out. These players are tough as nails. They know what's going on. Montana state's nine and one this year. Their only loss on the season came to Oregon state. It was a big loss, but it was at Oregon state. I mean, we're talking FCS against power five. That's their only loss on the, on the year. Uh, and they were the runners up last year. I was at that FCS championship game. It was really cool to see. Uh, I, I love FCS football. Um, Montana state's also won four of the last five in this rivalry. Uh, and they just have like a million guys who run the football. Well, they have someone with like 104 carries, 89, 88, 74. Like everybody's getting a chance to run the football from Montana state this year. But they have one specific player I want to shout out, uh, Sebastian Valdez. He's a defensive tackle who has 10 tackles for loss, seven and a half sacks and a pair of forced fumbles to go along with 32 total tackles. That's a defensive tackle, folks. He is a game wrecker. Keep an eye on him. He will affect this game and Montana's game plan. Montana, they're seven and three this year. Uh, They won this game last year at home. So that's interesting and also kind of plays into Montana State really wants to get back and beat these guys. I. Montana had a three game losing streak in the middle of the season to Idaho, which was questionable, but it could be attributed to the fact that they were playing Sacramento state the following week who Sagarin has rated as like a mid-level FBS team. Uh, They're Hmm. playing out of their minds this year. Sacramento state, extremely good football team. So they lost to Idaho, Sacramento state, and then Weber state and Weber state is also very good. They're uh, fourth in uh, SP plus ratings in uh, the FCS this year. Uh, there's some discrepancy and I know that power ratings with FCS teams is questionable. It's interesting. Uh, Sagarin favors Montana by almost seven on a neutral field, but SP plus only likes Montana by about under one uh, 0.9 on a neutral field. It's a big difference. Uh, But when you look at the market and you look at the point spread, it's more aligned with Bill Conley's SP plus. So I think I'm going to take that with a little bit more conviction than I am Sagarin's, but I but I am keeping that in mind. That said, you got to take Montana State at home minus one and a half in this game. It's going to be a ridiculous home atmosphere. They've been playing out of their minds, uh, and they're just a little bit better on both offense and defense than Montana is this year. I'm I'm taking the Bobcats at home. I think that they get the if you want to play into the revenge narrative what they lost last year uh and again this team was runner up in in the nation and they return a lot of these same guys so 
I, I, I like Montana State minus one and a half. That's my F. That's my FCS minute. <laughs> uh, to your point about the differences in the ratings, I'll also just note that as we record here on Wednesday morning, I'm only showing one sports book, FanDuel Sportsbook, with this line posted. Uh, the rest of the domestic legal sports books don't have this game up yet. So uh, there's yeah. a possibility with this being near a pick 'em for FanDuel and it being um, kind of an added game to the sports book slate that we could see some differences in the number here at when the other books post. So Surely, just keep yeah. that in mind. Make sure you go to the lines.com under the odds tab. You can go to college football. Just click on NCAAF for NCAA football, obviously. And you'll see weekly college football lines. You'll be able to make sure that you can shop the best lines across this game and the rest of the games on the college football slate, because this game in particular might see some difference in opinion on the spread here to make sure you get the best of the number here. Uh, if you do want to take Montana state, like, like Brett is saying, and just one more final note, Brett on the potential atmosphere for this game to your point about it being a sellout. I'm looking at StubHub right now. There's one there's to get two tickets to this game. Standing room only is $320. Oh my goodness. If you want an actual seat to Montana at Montana state, and you want two tickets, $540 each. These like, are Ohio State, the, Michigan prices. This is this is Jeez. the same price as like game one and game two of the World Series in Houston. It's only like 100 or $200 cheaper than game six when Houston won the World Series. Like this is how big of a deal this is up in big sky country. I absolutely love it. I can't wait to see the atmosphere and the environment and all the fans there on game day and everything leading up to it. I know you agree too. Yeah, I have ESPN plus, so I will be watching this game as it happens. Uh, and, and just a note really quick on the sports books have most sports books haven't put out the line yet. Use that to your advantage. Watch how this line reacts. Uh, watch how the market kind of reacts to this FanDuel line leading up to, I think uh, usually like Thursday afternoon, maybe Friday morning is when they start to trickle in. And by Saturday morning, all the FCS games will have some sort of line at, at more than one sports book. Let's stay out West here for Saturday college football, a 2 p.m. Eastern time start on Pac-12 Network, Washington State at Arizona. The Cougs, a four-point road favorite, over-under of 63-and-a-half. What made you circle this one on your on your card this week? Well, all the best games this week are happening west of the Mississippi. We're not going to venture east of the Mississippi on Saturday There's whatsoever. There's no East Coast bias on this show, my friend. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're equal opportunity here. Uh, I like the fact that Washington State is only minus four on the road, and I know that Tucson is a weird place to play, but Arizona kind of already had their upset of the year. They're they're usually good for one year where they're like, oh, geez, I can't believe they beat them. Well, they just beat UCLA on the road, which is a ridiculous win. Jaden Delora went, their quarterback just went off. Uh, but again, that's their one upset of the year. So I think that this is a prime kind of letdown spot. And also, this is a, a noon kickoff local in the desert. That like never happens. It's a bizarre kick time. Uh, and if you're talking about weird places to play and weird times, stuff like that, Washington State plays in that all the time. So I don't think they're going to be all that affected by it's not a body clock, but like the Pac-12 just doesn't get up and play football at noon local. Um, Arizona, they just don't play defense. They don't feel the defense. They're last in defensive EPA, 128th in defensive points per drive allowed. Uh, they just they defense is optional and they opted not to field one this year, uh, which is great. Uh, but Washington State plays really good defense. Uh, they have all year. 
But I don't think that that's going to keep this point total under 63 and a half. And that's because Arizona has not played a conference game that has gone under 60 this year. And uh, only one that's been at 63. Uh, and then they had 62 last week with UCLA, who fields a eh, half competent defense. Uh, Washington State can score. They have players that can play. Uh, against better defenses, they don't score, but against bad defenses, they do score. And Arizona happens to be a terrible defense. So I have a rare lean on both the over and the spread. Uh, I like over 63 and a half and I like Washington State going away at minus four. I have a totally unrelated college football uh, note to contribute here with this game being in Tucson, Arizona. And there is a show that I saw on Netflix. I think it's still there. It's called Slobby's World. It is based at a store in Tucson, Arizona, near the UA campus. And this guy, Slobby, sells all this vintage clothing from like the 90s and the turn of the century when we were kids, like all the cool retro sports stuff, all the cool retro sneakers, the T-shirts, anything you can think of. Uh, it is one of the coolest reality shows I've ever seen just to see like all the gear we wanted to buy when we were kids, but couldn't afford because we didn't have jobs. It's a fun show. So go find it. Slobby's world. And it's based out there in Tucson, Arizona. Whenever I get back to Arizona, <laughs> I'm probably going to drop like a grand in that store, man. I can't wait to to check it out. It's really cool. You know, not just sports stuff too, like like Star Wars vintage clothing, um, you know, Louis Vuitton vintage stuff, like literally anything from that turn of the century 90s era, he's found and tracked down and found in, in, in great condition and he's selling it. It's just a really fun uh, walk down memory lane for all of us that grew around, like that starter pullover jacket era when we were when we were growing up uh, as millennials. So the college uh, football stuff. bits you will not hear on any other college football betting podcast, guaranteed. Yeah. I'm Love telling it. you, man, we're, we're, we're not just, we're about the culture, man. This show is, this show is about the <laughs> That's culture. True. We've, we've talked about Washington's field turf. We've talked about Slobby's world. Yeah. If you want to know little tidbits about the PAC 12 in particular, this is the show for you. You're listening to the lines.com podcast network. Looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top us sports books all in one place. Then join us right here every day this season for free picks and best bets from the sports betting experts you can trust. Check out the lines.com NFL Megapod as Matt Brown, Steven Andrus, and Adam Candy break down every game for this weekend's football slate. Join the Coast to Coast podcast crew Mondays through Fridays as Nate Weitzer and Josh Lander bring you the best player props and game lines for Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NFL. And tune in to Beat the Closing Line twice a week as Nicole Russo, Mo Nawara, and Eli Hershkovich dive into NFL opening lines, plus special guests from the sports betting world. So subscribe, rate, and review to the Lines Podcast Network, the source you can trust to make you a better sports better. Hey, you mentioned all the good games are out west this week, and let's stay out there while we're at it. We're going to Wyoming, Powder River, Letter Buck, 7 p.m. Eastern <laughs> time kickoff on CBS Sports Network. But Boise State is a 14-point road favorite in this one, over under a 45 and a half. What do you see here between the Broncos and the Cowboys? Well, this is a big game because it determines who wins the Mountain Division. So the winner of this game is going to go on to the Pac-12 championship game. And based on how uh, the board lies right now, probably host the pa uh, Pac-12 Mountain West championship <laughs> game. Excuse me there. You know, the way things are going, these two teams <laughs> might be in the Pac-12 at some point soon here. 
But uh, Boise State filed, fired their offense coordinator about four weeks into the season after only scoring 10 on UTEP. That was a painful game to watch if you stayed up to do so like I did. Uh, and since then, they're scoring 35.3 points per game. So it was a good move. Uh, also, Hank Bachmeyer is transferring and, and isn't playing. So uh, I guess it was a quarterback and an offensive coordinator problem. They got rid of both, and now they're scoring a bunch of points. Uh, and they play excellent defense. They're now top 15 in the nation in net points per drive. So how many times... They're scoring on their drives versus how many they're allowing uh, their top 15 in the nation, which is great. Uh, Wyoming just hasn't been able to separate lately, and they've been playing some bad teams. Colorado State uh, is in particular, they only beat them 16-14, and that's because this team cannot throw the football. They will not. They cannot. They're attempting roughly the same number of attempts as like service academies. They're only throwing it like 10-11 times a game, and their quarterback is uh, just abysmal. It, it's, it's tough to watch. They don't have the receivers. They don't have the quarterback. Uh, and Boise State is just too good to be beat by a one-dimensional team. It's not going to happen. Um, the other thing too, that Wyoming doesn't do. And the reason that they can't separate is because they just don't run plays. They're uh, 128th in plays per game around 61. Uh, they are methodical. They run the clock down. They don't have very long drives either. So they're just not running a lot of offensive plays per game. And because of that, they're not scoring a lot of points. Uh, and Boise state extremely good on third down defense. I've highlighted third down defenses before. It's a strong indicator of success. Uh, and you see that in the, in the Boise state minus 14 here, but they're 15th nationally with about a 32% conversion rate on third down allowed. And if Wyoming's not converting on third down, which they haven't been doing very well, they're not going to run plays and Boise state is going to distance themselves in this game. And because of that, I'm going Boise state minus 14. As long as it stays at 14, I'm not too excited about 14 and a half. Again, we talk about in implied win probability. And when it moves off that kind of square 14 to touchdown mark, uh, the win probability uh, changes quite a bit. So I'm going to stay uh, as, as long as it stays at minus 14. I will bet Boise State. I know it's on the road. I know it's at altitude. Boise State plays at their own altitude. But Wyoming has the highest college football stadium in the country. Uh, but I, I just like the Broncos on the road here to win. Com very comfortably. So it is 14 across the board here, except for one spot. You have to pay eight cents extra, but it is 13 at FanDuel as we record this um, Wednesday morning, which obviously is, you know, winning by two possessions instead of having to win by three possessions to cover here. Um, almost win by three possessions. Obviously, 15, 16 points is two possessions as well, but uh, eight more cents here if you want the 13 at FanDuel, Brett. You know, I don't, uh, and that's because the win probabilities only shift a certain amount when you start to get this far off of those threes and sevens, and I don't believe, uh, no, we're only dealing with about a 4% change in win probability and push rate here, so I'm not paying $0.08 cents for a $0.04 cent bonus. Love it. Great insight. Uh, let's move on here to the SEC in prime time, and this one on SEC Network, 7.30 p.m. kickoff. Ole Miss, a two-and-a-half-point road favorite at Arkansas, over-under of 61 in this one. Yeah, let's play a game called How Many Times Can Brett Get Hurt by Ole Miss in the same season? <laughs> uh, I'm going right back to the well. You can actually find Ole Miss minus two as of time of recording at minus 110 bet MGM. Uh, I am betting that, and I think that's because this line is a little bit in reaction or overreaction, I should say, to last week's outcomes. It was a weird situation for LSU playing in Fayetteville where Jaden Daniels played uh, – played in the uh, 
coldest weather maybe of his entire life. It was in the thirties. It was freezing over and he played poorly. The whole LSU team played poorly. Like I said, they got off to like, like we projected here. They got off to a very slow start. It was kind of a sleepy atmosphere and LSU pulled out a 13, 10 gutty win. Focus on the 10 for Arkansas. They couldn't score the football. And I know they didn't have KJ Jefferson. KJ Jefferson did return to practice um, after not playing last week, but when Arkansas played Liberty, KJ Jefferson played and he couldn't move the ball either. And that's because you can push around Arkansas's front on both offense and defense. Ole Miss is going to do that. They are one of the best rushing teams in the entire country. Uh, and they're just going to run all over them. I think uh, in this game, my aggregate power ratings like Ole Miss by five and a half on the road. And we're talking under a field goal here. And again, I really think that's in reaction to, well, Arkansas almost beat Ole Miss at home last week yeah, at 11 a.m. when it was freezing cold. This game's not going to be a whole lot warmer, but not the same circumstances. Ole Miss is not ready for a letdown. Like they, you know, if they beat Alabama, they're looking for more of a turnaround. So as long as it stays under a field goal, I'm taking Ole Miss minus two and a half. There was some early week by uh, in Arkansas. And we talk about this early week versus late week. We're early in the week. There's lower limits. And so we kind of view that movement differently, maybe less indicative or less valuable than later in the week. And again, this could be action to keep the line under three and then come back with higher limits later on to bet under field goal. I'm taking Ole Miss under field goal on the road here. I just don't think Arkansas is all that good. Again, they're going to get pushed around. Ole Miss is going to run the ball all over them. Yeah, I see it too as well at Caesar Sportsbook. If you want that instead, the two and a half I'm seeing are that's split. There are some that are moving towards three with uh, juice at minus 115. Minus well, if that's the case, jump jump on the two. What's What's the number on the two? It's minus one ten at Caesars. Okay, I take that Wednesday morning. Yeah, I take yeah. that before it goes. That's that's the best number for sure. Uh, okay, final notes here in the Big Ten before we wrap up here. Uh, Ohio State obviously in the playoff hunt. They're at Maryland this week, and you have a note here about Iowa at Minnesota as well. Yeah, I have two notes here just because it wasn't enough to go into detail. Uh, I just like to point out that twenty-seven and a half points is absolutely not enough for Ohio State against Maryland. Maryland's last two games, they scored ten total points against Wisconsin and Penn State. Uh, they beat Northwestern by a touchdown, Indiana by two. They lost to Purdue. Uh, this is just not the same team that it was at the beginning of the year. Ohio State is going to kill them, and twenty-seven and a half points is not enough. If anybody was interested in looking into that, and then Iowa, Minnesota, I only want to mention this because. As of Wednesday morning, it sits at a 32 and a half point over under, which would be the <laughs> lowest in college football history. And that's not the first time we said it this year. It hasn't moved. It hasn't moved up. So this one might hold to actually break the record. Iowa, Minnesota, 32 and a half point over under. Just a fun note. I'm not betting it. It's just fun to see. I mean, I might have to just for entertainment purposes. The under to say I, or the to say, over? No, just to say I bet the over on the lowest total in college football <laughs> history. And I either win money or I have a story that I, I did not hit the over on a 32 and a half total in college football. And I have you know that what? as a I, trivia question for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a story about last. So for those listening last week, you may have heard me say I'm betting uh, Wisconsin at Iowa over 35. So it was 34 points. And um Iowa somehow got the ball back within field goal range with two minutes left. Uh, and they, you know, they're up by 14. That's good. But, you know, you think that you might not be able to run timeout, kick a field goal uh, and hit the over. They didn't do that. They were able to get a first down, ran timeout to zero. And I watched 34 points be the final over under in that game. <laughs> it was fun. I had fun. Good Brutal, stuff. though. 
absolutely brutal. Gotta love the Big Ten. Uh, one last question for you. Yeah. 27 and a half is obviously a massive number. You still think it's short against Maryland. Uh, do you like that more or do you like Ohio State minus 15 and a half in the first half to try and avoid a backdoor cover at the end? You know, I do like that. I'm looking at my numbers here. Uh, the numbers don't like Ohio State as much, but I really do think that that has the fact that Maryland was good earlier baked in. Uh, 15 and a half. That's tight. When it yeah, comes to the first half, and a half. Yeah, that, but Ohio State can do that. Ohio State could cover that in the first first quarter. I, I mean, that's just kind of what their offense is doing. We saw that rebound against Indiana after people were like, well, maybe Ohio State's offense isn't all that good. Yeah, in a hurricane. Uh, and then they come back and, and blow the doors off of Indiana. I, th- I think the four possessions over the full game is a little bit more exciting because I, I really do think Ohio State wins this by... 30, 35, yeah. 40. I, I mean, Maryland hasn't been able to move the ball. Ohio State has a good defense. Um, I think they're going to stonewall them. They're, they're going to try to run the ball. That, that's not going to work very well against this Ohio State defense. And, uh, and it's not like Ohio State took their foot off the gas in the second half against Indiana when they were up 21 at the half. No, they and, 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 and they 28 won't. again in the second half. Yeah, they certainly won't. And and I know a lot of people point to a look ahead against Michigan. This Ohio State team doesn't look ahead. They have one uh, stinker a year and they had that stinker. And I know it was weather induced, weather but, induced. Yeah. yeah, but it was that. But it was still a the weather wasn't an excuse to run for about two and a half a carry on Northwestern. So it, it was a stinker. I believe they got that out of the way. Uh, they they know what they need to do, and I I think that they throttle Maryland, who is reeling again. I'm I'm betting momentum here, and Maryland is going in the complete wrong direction. Everything we do at the lines completely free. Be sure to check out the site. Go to the top right corner, hit the Discord button. It's free to join. You can go to the roles server, hit the emojis to get push notifications whenever anybody on our staff locks in a bet to make sure you get the best of the number. There's awesome conversations going on in there. All day, every day from college football, college basketball is in high gear already. Eli and our newest member, Scott Phillips, our other college basketball writer, they're having awesome conversations. Champions Classic from Tuesday night. We got Gonzaga versus Texas Wednesday night. I think Kentucky's playing Gonzaga on Friday. So in the midst of all the football, there's some really good non-conference action going on in college basketball as well. So be sure to check that out and uh, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. Let us know in the comments if you're watching on YouTube who you're betting on this week in college football. If you're listening on the audio side, do us a favor, leave us a five-star review. You'll be entered to win an Amazon gift card and it really helps us out. It's free content. That's that's what we can ask of you to help us reach an even bigger audience if you enjoyed it and uh, are entertained and hopefully we're making you some money as well. So really appreciate all your guys' support. Hope you guys have a great Thanksgiving as well. We'll be back next week with some form of a show. I'm not sure how long it'll be, but we'll uh, we'll get it for you for the Thanksgiving slate of games and the Thanksgiving weekend slate of games. And uh, best of luck this week. It should be a lot of fun. A lot of great atmospheres to check out. Can't wait to see game day up in Montana. I will be tweeting out some stuff from uh, from Utah at Oregon at Stephen Andres one Stephen with a PH. Brett is on Twitter at Road to CFB. Brett, you going to be anywhere this weekend? I'm not. I'm done for the year. Uh, I always take off the last week of the season for Ohio State, Michigan, um, and it's going to be like 25 degrees at Notre Dame. So I decided not to go. Uh, I will be sitting at home watching all this action as it unfolds uh, with two 
sadly only two, but two terrific slates of college football head. Well, I'll fill in for you from Pac-12 country out at Autzen, where it never rains at Autzen Stadium, as they tell me. <laughs> I can tell you that's completely false, but everybody loves it. It's a great atmosphere. Can't wait to show you what it's like uh, on Twitter when I'm out there. So uh, thanks for watching, everybody. Best of luck this week with your college football bets.